This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday night. It is time to party. Or listen to Inside Sports. You can't do both. Well, I'm going to. In the NHL tonight, there's one game. It's a regular season game. It's the final game of the regular season for both these teams. It's the Maple Leafs at the Jets. They already know their playoff opponents. Jets are playing the Oilers. Maple Leafs will be up against the Montreal Canadiens. Baseball tonight. Blue Jays, Phillies, they're into the bottom of the second. Blue Jays, the home team, and there is no score. We'll keep you updated on those ones. Thanks a lot for tuning in this evening. Inside Sports on 630, Chad. Oilers game tomorrow. It is tomorrow. It starts at 1.30 in the afternoon at Rogers Place. Our coverage will commence at noon with the City Fort Faceoff show. My goodness, what do you expect from this one? The last two against Montreal had exciting finishes. They were not overly thrilling or intense overall, especially Wednesday, Montreal sitting out several players. The Oilers dialing back McDavid's ice time. Head coach Dave Tippett on the approach to tomorrow's game. When you only play one game within a week, you, you use that game to make sure your, your game's in, in order. And it's an individual game, a team game. Each individual, there's different ways that players look at it, you know. And uh, I'll, I'll just, from Connor's perspective, I talked to him about, you know, whether this is a game he wants to play. He, he said, I want this game because it's one game in a week and I want to make sure I'm sharp. So the, there's things like that that each player, you know, they look at and... We want our players dialed in to make sure they're at their best on Wednesday night, and we'll do everything on our power to make sure that that's the case. So uh, tomorrow's game is another chance to stay sharp. All right, so there you have it, that McDavid wants to play, and it looks like McDavid will play tomorrow. It looks like Dreisaitl will play tomorrow. It looks like Miko Koskinen will be your starting goaltender. Here's what I can tell you from Oilers' practice today as they got back on the ice. McDavid centered Cahoon and Pugliarvi. Going to talk a little bit more about Jesse here in a minute. Dreisaitl between Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. Yamamoto back after missing the game on Wednesday Haas was in with Neil and Chase on. Ryan McLeod didn't practice. Uh, so I guess he was feeling a little under the weather, according to Tippett, so he wasn't out there today. And it was Kara with Nygaard and Archibald, so Devin Shore bumped down, likely to give Nygaard a game. Nurse with Barry on the backhand, Kulikov with Larson, and Slater Cuckoo likely to return tomorrow for the first time in several weeks after he suffered the broken collarbone earlier in the season. So Slater Cuckoo would be back into the lineup. Um, Didn't sound so much like uh, he would be the guy going into the postseason, but they obviously want to see what he can do, and maybe he would be used down the road. So that's the approach tomorrow. McDavid and Dreisaitl will play. I would not expect them to play a lot, but as Tiffett explained, their thinking is they don't want to go a week between games, Wednesday to Wednesday. They want to be ready for game one against the Jets. By the way, that one's on 6.30, Chad, Wednesday night. It starts at 7. The face-off show will be at 5. Same time for game two, one week from tonight. Now, games three and four are on back-to-back days 
in Winnipeg next Sunday and the holiday Monday. We don't have start times for those games, but it wouldn't surprise me if one of them was a matinee, but we'll know that as the NHL continues to unveil the schedule. By the way, you can get in touch by texting or calling 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed professional grade building material so you can get me on twitter at reed wilkins r-e-i-d-w-i-l-k-i-n-s you can email inside sports at 630 ched.com there's one question that i get asked a lot one question that i get asked a lot and that is my god reed why do you smell like that but the second question i'm asked most often the second most often is reed who do you think is going to provide the depth scoring in the playoffs or some people will just come out and say reed who is going to be this year's fernando pisani well the Oilers are going to need one if if they're going to go deep into the postseason uh sure on in 2006 they they didn't have the high-end skill like mcdavid and dreisaitl uh, but this year's team doesn't have a chris pronger we'll see will what we get out of uh mike smith in net there's some rollison like uh, attributes there, but he's got to keep it going into the playoffs. I, I've always kind of said that I think Josh Archibald could be the type of player who could step up in the postseason and pot a few big goals. But I got to tell you, it is hard to deny what Jesse Pugliarvi has done lately. He's up to 15 goals on the season. He has seven goals in the last 15 games, and he's shown that he loves to one-time the puck. He'll get it to the top of the circle. It's given away. Dreisaitl to McDavid. To Pugliarvi scores! Yes, a Pugliarvi, a tic-tac-toe play. One-timers, the goalie, don't be that ready if you shoot fast. And, yeah, I got a couple good shots those couple games and almost, like, power down. But, yeah, I try to shoot much and uh, sometimes it's good shot and sometimes it's not good. That's good. So hopefully I get those good shots more. Out in front, Pugliarvi scores! Yes, a Pugliarvi! He gets the pass from McDavid, and he rips it into the net. Anytime you can one-time a puck, it's if you give any goalie in this league a chance to get up and, and get set and looking at you and you're dusting it off, he's got a much greater chance of, of saving it. So any chance you can get it off quick as possible and a one-timer would fall under that category, the more chance you have to score. Now, that being said, getting it off quick sometimes isn't as accurate as you'd like it, but I think it's more effective because it uh, doesn't allow the, the goaltender to set up. I really hope Pugliarvi keeps firing away like that. And I, I look back to four, five, six years ago, and we would talk a lot, begging for somebody to one-time the puck. Mark Letestu got to be on the power play just because he was the only one that would do it, not because he had an overwhelming shot. Uh, I mean, Jordan Everly used to always get accused of, why is he dusting it off? Why is it dusting it off? Why don't we have somebody back on the point who will one-time it? Well, Leon Dreisaitl scores a lot of one-timer goals. Tyson Berry will one-time it. McDavid's added it to his repertoire this year. Doesn't do it a ton, but he has done it. And I'm glad to see Jesse Pugliarvi doing it, especially if he's going to play with McDavid or Dreisaitl because they're going to get him the puck, and the quicker he gets it off, the more goals that's going to lead to. So that's encouraging to see. Okay. We're going to keep rolling around. A lot of Oilers talk to get to, a lot of playoff talk, and a guy who used to be an Edmonton Oiler and did play for them in the postseason in 2017. He's now getting ready for playoff games with the Nashville Predators. Matt Benning is coming up next.
on Monday. Playoff series between the Nashville Predators and Carolina Hurricanes will start. It will feature this gentleman on the Predators blue line, former Edmonton Oiler, Edmonton native, Matt Benning. Matt, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Doing great, Reed. Thanks for having me. It's nice to catch up with you. It's always good to have you on the show, regardless of what uniform you're wearing. How would would you sum up the adjustment to being a Nashville Predator, especially early on in the season? I mean, it's uh, it's a definitely a, a new change for me um, in, in many different ways. Um, city of Nashville, the, the climate is a lot uh, is a lot uh, warmer here. Um, it's, there's a lot of humidity here, um, and then in terms of the team dynamic, um, uh, played a different style than I was used to, kind of in Edmonton, and um, kind of feel like. Um, the game that we're playing here in Nashville is, is more on my level. And, um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's great. I mean, um, I can't complain about my time in Edmonton. It's been awesome. I still keep in touch with a lot of those guys and, um, they'll, they'll be lifelong friends, but, uh, like everything else, there's, it's, it's good to have a, a new path, a new journey. And, uh, things have been great here in Nashville. We, we kind of struggled at the beginning of the year and then, um, kind of early March, we, we found our stride and and uh, been playing really consistent hockey. Yeah. How, how would you sum up that style and, 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 and in terms of it being something that suited you well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously in Edmonton, you guys got uh, um, those, those top guys that are that are scoring scoring and doing that. And, and here in, in Nashville, we, we don't have those guys, but I think kind of throughout the lineup, you get um, you're not going to get as much scoring as those guys, obviously, but um, you're going to get kind of, uh, we got scoring from the first line to the fourth line. And and I think a lot of it too comes from the back end with having a, a Norris winner back there and, and a few other guys that, that put up points. So, I mean, I think um, just the style and coaching style that uh, Heinze has, has brought here is um, definitely suited my game. It's it's very competitive in, in, in your own zone. Um, a lot of one-on-ones um battling and and um more so um grinding things out and and that sort of thing well and and you mentioned that the predators didn't get off to a great start and i was looking back over your season log here matt and middle of march you guys were like well under 500 like not on a, a playoff pace at all and then from March 15th to April 18th, you guys won 11 out of 13, and, and you were on your way from there. Did, did something start clicking? Did you just start getting some bounces? What changed in that run? Yeah, I mean, I think as a team, that's ironically, that's kind of when we had the injury bug, and, and boy, like, did we ever get hit with that? We had a lot of guys out, a lot of top guys um, on, on both forward and defense so I think that guys kind of came in and I think as a group we just needed to uh, realize kind of what the recipe was and and playing predictable hockey and and playing to our strengths which is forward checking and then playing below their goal line and um, playing more tight in the d zone um, especially if uh, someone gets beat um, you have you have somebody there to back you up so um, I think just the consistency was there. We saw it with guys kind of who are maybe in the minors last year come in and, and play a big part in, in our success, kind of kick-starting the second half of the season for us. And and uh, that fueled 
um, the, the returning guys who were maybe injured um, and came back from injury. And I think kind of that created that recipe for, for winning hockey. And um, I mean, our goaltenders have been, been unbelievable in, in, the, in the second half. And um, I think just we're limiting, um, giving up grade A chances to, to, uh, to other teams. And um, I mean, I think a big part of it too is, is power play and penalty kill. Uh, we struggled at the beginning of the year and that started to click. And um, I mean, as you guys know, it's, it can win you games. And um, we were, we were getting, it, were, it was all kind of clicking in, in early March, mid March. And um, I think guys kind of bought in and, and saw the recipe that uh, we need to play to win. Matt Benning from the Nashville Predators joining us here on 630 Chet. Of course, former Edmonton Oiler, Edmonton native, just finished his first regular season with the Preds. And now you face Carolina in the playoffs. Uh, I, I mean, look, uh, I think anybody would look at the standings and call the Preds uh, the underdogs, but I know for, for players, uh, they probably had a bit of a different approach. But tell us uh, about what you expect from the Canes here and uh, some of the things you're going to have to overcome. Yeah, I think it'll be a great matchup. I think that they're uh, they're quite a similar team to us. I think uh, both both teams are top five in the league in forechecking, and um, and that's kind of what they pride themselves on. And I think that's that's what we pride ourselves on. So I think it'll be a, a territory battle, and, and um, both teams trying to get the red line, putting pucks in, and then it's it's a matter of fact of who can break out the puck better and and defend better. So um, I mean, since since March, we've um, we've kind of created this this recipe for us and um kind of I, I didn't think in the first six games that we played Carolina they didn't see their best effort and I think we showed a lot more of that uh, or a lot better effort um the last two games of the season against them um and I think that kind of is going to help us in the in the series with having confidence and stuff and um yeah I, I mean we got everybody back everybody's healthy um it's 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 going to be a great series so um the guys are, are excited for it we haven't had this much amount of time off um in the season and uh, obviously before playoffs so um guys were excited at practice today and yesterday and uh looking to get to carolina and take care of business okay a couple more for you matt this one's on a on a bit of a lighter note but i want to ask we saw you wear number 83 as a member of the Oilers, kind of a non-traditional number. How did you arrive on number five with the Predators? Yeah, I mean, in Edmonton, it was it was my first year, and uh, that was the, the number I got from camp. And obviously, kind of growing up in Edmonton and following the Oilers, obviously, Alex Hemsky wore that number and um, wore it well. And um, it was kind of just a number that I, I, I kind of kept around and I had a few friends buy jerseys and that sort of thing. So I didn't want to switch it up on them and, and then having to get new jerseys. But I mean, in college, I wore five, uh, growing up, I wore five and, um, the number five or even four, um, is, is a, is a good D number in, in my opinion. And, uh, those are kind of the numbers that I wore. And I, th I think my first year in Edmonton, um, uh, Chris Russell had four, Mark Fain had five. And then I do I do like the number forty four and fifty five, but we had Mark Latesto in fifty five and Cass in forty four, so uh, those those numbers were taken up. So I decided to stick with eighty three. But uh, yeah, five has kind of been my 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 number growing up as a kid. Well, that's very kind of you to keep your friends uh, 
finances in mind. Yeah. <laughs> Enough to switch the number if you switch the number. I, I do want to ask about one one oiler because uh, I think he was a guy. Um, you know, you had a bit of a relationship when you were here, and he's doing well this season. We didn't know if he'd be back. I don't know how much you're following, but um, you know, what do you think of uh, Jesse Pugliarvi getting up to 15 goals here? Yeah, you know what? I'm really happy for Jesse. We lived together um, my first year, and um, he's a great kid. He works so hard, and um, I think his first couple of years it was a little bit intimidating. And I mean, going from the European style of game to the North American style of game is 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 quite hard, in my opinion. And um, kudos to him. He's he's worked his tail off. Uh, went back over to Europe, got some confidence back, and. Um, has has done really well in Edmonton and um like I said super happy for him and um I think this will be a great confidence year for him kind of leading forward into into his career he's a young kid and um lots of potential left yeah right on well Matt we do appreciate you hopping on the show all the best with the Predators uh you know glad you're keeping in touch uh, even though you've moved on to another market it's always great to have you as a guest all the best thanks Reed thanks for having me there is Matt Benning from the Nashville Predators. Seems to like playing there. They are in Carolina. Games 1 and 2 are going to be Monday and Wednesday. We're also going to have Colton Pareko from the St. Louis Blues on the show a little bit later on. More comments from the Edmonton Oilers after practice today. And we'll touch base with Matt's stage. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline for his outlook on the North Division playoffs. Back after the news and weather. When will Oscar Clefbaum return? What team will it be with? Questions that will be answered in the months to come in 2021. But for now, most of the focus on the short-term regular season action tonight. Maple Leafs leading the Jets 1-0. That's with about five minutes left in the first period. Engvall has the goal. And the Oilers play Vancouver tomorrow. Noon face-off show here on 630 Chet. The game will start at 1.30. Richard writes in. He says, I'm so excited. I can't believe this. Somebody pinch me. For the first time since 1992, the Oilers have a real chance. So many years of pain poised to be washed away. Bring on the old Smythe Division memories. Well, the Oilers have a chance. I don't think they're a favorite, but they're in the tournament, and they have some players having outstanding seasons. And if those continue, they'll they'll have a chance to advance. We'll see how far they can go. Jack Michaels my buddy and colleague posting this on good old Twitter earlier today. He says, win or lose tomorrow, the Oilers will finish with their highest points percentage in a regular season since 86-87. So even though it's shortened, this is one of the Oilers' best regular seasons 
ever. Okay, you can get us at 780-496-0063. I am pleased to welcome to the show for the first time. He's now with Sportsnet. He played over a 1,000 games in the NHL. It is Matt Stajan. Hey, Matt, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, it's nice to talk to you. See you on the tube every now and then. Uh, the long list of players who have made the transition from playing to, to broadcasting. When did you start thinking that might be an option for you? Um, you know what? I, I was I finished my career and I was just kind of where we live in Calgary. So and they just kind of build relationships through your playing days and, and Ryan Leslie and even the media guys with the PR guys with the flames uh, said, you should try it. Um, something to do, um, you know, while I transitioned. So it was kind of just uh, something to try. Um, and then obviously with COVID times, I was like, yeah, I'll keep doing this. It's not, you know, gets near the house a little bit, but uh, I got two young kids. So it's, it's not too time consuming with, uh, you know, I could be home a lot. I'm not traveling like I did when I played. So for now, I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, it's been fun to at least go to the rink and, and watch some, some puck and uh, analyze the games. Do you, I mean, when you have to talk about the players, obviously, and sometimes be critical or point out mistakes, was that a hump you had to get over or did you find it came naturally? I think it came naturally. It's something you, you definitely, um, you know, it's in the back of your head. You never want to, you know, go at someone, but, um, I've always been a guy who's just honest, um, you know, and there's a way you can say things to, to cushion it. If, if, you know, mistakes made and, you know, th there's a way to, to go about that, but I've talked to a lot of ex players who, who are doing it now. And, um, and you do have to be honest. That's, that's how you're, you know, people want to listen when you're honest, not when you're just, you know, giving fluff. So that's been a bit of a transition, but, um, yeah, it just it's just the way you go about it, and I feel like I'm getting really comfortable talking about whatever it is we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think you're I think you're doing a great job, and I'm glad you could hop on tonight. Um, you know, it's been it's been the all Canadian division this year, so we're gonna have Toronto and uh, Montreal play, and obviously Edmonton is gonna play Winnipeg. And you're kind of a unique former pro you got to over a thousand games and you played extended stints with Toronto and Calgary so I mean you had the all Canadian experience you're not one of those guys who can say yeah I played five years in pick an American city and nobody knew what the, <laughs> the NHL yeah. was you were you were getting picked apart every game <laughs> yeah it's uh you know what I wouldn't change it I loved playing in both cities and um and I don't know any difference to tell you the truth other than when I'm on the road um, what it might be like in California or Florida, um, you're still covered by a Canadian team. So I don't, I don't know any different and I wouldn't want it any other way, but, uh, some guys like, you know, to be out of, you know, to kind of just do their thing and, and not have to deal with it, but I've never, um, experienced that. So I think, uh, you know, I loved both my stops and I loved the Canadian division this year. It was, um, especially for me, two former teams. And, and then you see Edmonton, who I love watching, by the way, just because of the star talent they have on their team. Um, you know, it's, it's been exciting for, for Canada. And, uh, you know, during this COVID time, it's been a nice, yeah, nice little uh, gift for, for Canadian hockey fans to see all the Canadian teams so much. Um, maybe it's a little too much now that that seems wound down or maybe over it, but uh, I enjoyed it. So I want to ask you something, because you, you grew up in Mississauga, right? Yes, and then, you, Toronto there. and then yeah. and then you played for the Leafs. So, like, what was it like being a GTA 
kid who became a man <laughs> playing for the Leafs. Like, did you ever have those? Okay, like, can do people like? Did you ever need people to back off, fans or media, or were you just so immersed in it that was just the the broiler you were in? Yeah, I had you had no option really. Um, I think it helped that I grew up in in the GTA and and kind of knew what the market was like. Um, you know, and I kind of I was still in Toronto when when social media started coming along. I was maybe when I got traded, it was just really hitting its stride. Um, but I, yeah, you know what? It, it forced me to grow up quickly, really. And um, I was a young guy. Toronto always had a veteran team, very veteran team when I came into the league. So um, I was a young guy. My first year, I was the youngest guy by four years. And and I roomed with Joe Newendike and, you know, there's a bunch of Hall of Famers on the team. So, you know, I was just kind of minding my business and kind of watching and, and seeing how things work and, and taking it all in. But that's, you know, you can learn by talking to someone and you do learn a lot by asking questions, but just sitting in that dressing room or at team meals and just kind of observing how everybody acts and deals with things, how the media works, how, you know, the coaching staff is at the NHL level. Um, you know, it just kind of, you know, I, I just kind of tried to be a sponge and, uh, and within a couple of years, um, you know, you're really, um, you get into your groove for sure. And, and it, it helped me grow up quickly. And I, and it's a good thing because there's a lot of luck going on on the outside too. Like there's the hockey part and the media part and being at the rink, but you know, then you have your family, your friends, people asking for tickets and, um, and Toronto's not an easy place to get tickets. Um, it's, it's probably a little harder than, than well, it's harder than Calgary because I've, I've, I've experienced Calgary. So, you know, there's a lot of that stick handling going along, uh, along the way, but, uh, I got into a routine that what worked for me and, um, you know, you just try and do things with a smile on your face and then dial through and, and uh, I enjoyed it. Like I, uh, I dreamed to play in the NHL growing up. I was a huge Leafs fan, so that was a huge dream come true. And um, and I enjoyed every minute there. Okay, I don't think I've ever asked anybody this. What is the ticket allotment for a player <laughs> on the home team? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a you know what that's a great question because in Canada it's, it's harder to get tickets. Um, so you get two free tickets. Um, across the league at, at, for home games. So each player gets their two tickets. Um, and then you, if you want more, you kind of, you just say, okay, I want more. You can either ask another guy on the team if they're not using them or you have to pay for them. Right. But, but you can get, they're available in Toronto. You get your two tickets for free in the reds and which is like the third level up. And then you also only get two extras to buy. So you can, you, if you want more, than four tickets for a game, you have to ask guys, you're not asking for their free tickets because everybody's got someone there or they're using it for something. Um, you're asking to use guys, um, viable tickets, you know, and they're up in the greens. They're like second level up there, Canada Center. Um, I guess it's it's not called that, a Scotiabank Arena, whatever it's called now. So it was, it was a big difference. Coming to Calgary uh, was a nice little change where, you know, I got my tickets if I needed more. You know, guys aren't always using their tickets because, um, you know, guys don't have family around as much uh, here. So that was a, a nice change. But, uh, yeah, you get used to it. And I'm glad I was in Toronto first because, um, you know, that's all I knew at the time. And then coming here was uh, really easy. <laughs> I'm glad I asked that. That's uh, I, I did not know how that worked. Matt Stajan joining us tonight at Inside Sports as uh, he looks back on some sections of his career and we will look uh, ahead here to... 
what do we call this week for the Calgary Flames? Like it's uh <laughs> it's 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 preseason, it's regular season preseason hockey. Um, right. even worse than preseason, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're not building towards the season, but uh yeah, they're tough games to to watch and play to tell you the truth. I, I thought Calgary was going to be in the playoffs. Now I'm notoriously bad for being horrible at predictions or I'm notorious for being horrible at predictions, but I thought Calgary would be good. I thought Markstrom would really carry them this year. Uh, and I thought maybe having a good goaltender out of the gate might help. It didn't really like, they never really had that burst and obviously the coaching change. What did you see for them that kept them out of the playoffs? Yeah, I, I, I thought they would be in too. Um, yeah, it's they just never strung. They never went on a, a, a solid winning streak all season, and they had that one big losing streak, um, which really costed them. Especially with how Montreal played down the stretch, you, you probably could have caught them. Um, but they just never seemed in sync as a, as a group. Um, they never got in a flow, uh, which you need. Um, you know, we saw Edmonton go on a huge run after their first twelve games or whatever it was, and you need that. And and. The, the hard part is they got good goaltending. Like Markstrom was solid all year. He's a hell of a goalie. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of, um, you know, it's, it's a, the market's feeling it right now for sure. Flames fans aren't happy and, and the players aren't, and, and no one should be because I think expectations are really high. And, and um, when you miss the playoffs, it's, uh, it's unacceptable and you're going to, you're going to take the heat and that's what's going on right now. Yeah. So what do you make of, and, and I referenced that article in The Athletic on my show yesterday where an anonymous NHL defenseman said it's, you know, crap defense in the North. And that's come up in other conversations. Well, the goalies aren't that good. You know, the defense scores aren't that deep. And McDavid and Matthews don't have to play against the players that can shut them down. And I'm always like, I don't know, they're all NHL players. I mean, they're, they're, all, they're all pretty good. Do you look at it and say, okay, the North will have their little fun in the first two rounds, and then the winner is going to be in tough in, in the semis? Or, like, you you played, so how do you look at it? Yeah, I, there's no way of knowing. Like, everybody can have their opinion. Um, I'm sure the, the, those comments, I didn't read that article, but might be someone in – you know, there you look at the divisions for sure. Like the Rangers can be like, we were in that division, we'd probably get in. But I could say that about every season. There was a bunch of seasons I played in Toronto and we missed the playoffs by one point. I was like, well, if we didn't play Ottawa and Buffalo in the early 2000s, when eight times a year when they were top two teams in the league, we make the playoffs. Like that's just, you know, that's just fluff that, you know, you're saying it to say it. But uh, I honestly think a team that comes out of the Canadian division is going to have a chance like, like the other four teams. Um, so I, I will say that I, I do think the top two teams like Vegas and Colorado, I think it's going to help whoever comes through because you're knocking. I think I look at them as two of the best in the league, um, but you can go through every division. There's, there's about 10 to 12 teams that I look at. I'm like, yeah, they could win. They get on a roll here. They got the players, the goaltending, the structure. Um, why not? You, you, you saw St. Louis do it a couple of years ago out of nowhere. Um, there's no reason it, it can't happen this year. So um, when I read stuff like that, that's just um, someone's opinion. And, um, you know, if you ask a player in the Canadian division, it, it has its own challenges. Like there are way more restrictions here than, than in the U S where, you know, you could say there's a lot of things you can say, you know, your the media pressure here is a lot more. There's just everything's, um, 
you know, looked upon in, a, in the microscope in the Canadian division compared to if you're playing in Florida, it's not as, as big, right? You kind of finish the game and you, you go your own way and regroup. So I, uh, I wouldn't take too much stock into that. We'll see um, who comes out of the division. And then, um, yeah, but to put it this way, if, if they play a regular season this year and they're in the regular divisions, I still think four, maybe five Canadian teams um, are right there um, getting into the playoffs or just missing. Um, that's what I think. So we'll never yeah. know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Well, I think you make a good point too, about how it's, it's, there were differences with, you know, restrictions and, and, and Canada, the North division is the only one with teams in four different time zones too. Right. And longer. Yeah. And, and there's so many things out of your every season, like injuries happen. So if, if a stud goalie gets injured in your division, like that's going to help your team. And, you're not seeing other teams being like, well, if we're in that division, you know, it's just, it's just so much fluff there. I, I, I don't get why people <laughs> even try and make the comparison. I like how you put that. Okay. I got one more for you. I hope we can do this again. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, I, I often ask this of uh, retired players. Usually the first time I have them on the show, it's a two part question. Who is the best player you ever played with? And who is the best player you ever played against? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of good players but um I'll 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 break it down I'll give you two guys in each I'll do early career and later career okay um I'll I'll say later career and, and I know and just watching him on TV now um Connor McDavid was his first few years you could just just you know just amazing um speed and the way he controls the game and and I, and I was just he was just his first two three years in the league when when I was finishing up my career so I really saw it coming on and and uh what a talent and I like he's the one guy I'll turn on a game just to watch him he's he's special um while early in my career um yeah, I, Ovechkin always seemed to score against us in Toronto. <laughs> so <laughs> just, you know, I know he had Backstrom and, and they worked so well together, but they just complimented each other. But it just every time we went into Washington, uh, you know, he's a guy that stood out. But Crosby, there, there's just so many guys. Um, and, they're, and they're still good players, don't get me wrong. But um, when they were 23, 24 and, and really coming on, uh, wow, they uh you know, these guys control games, right? And you could say that about that. So I could name a bunch of guys. Um, and then to playing with, um, you know what? Matt Sundin, I, he was he was a horse. He was uh, he was a special player. He did it all. And, and I caught him more at the late later end of his career. But um, you know, he was he was good. And and I'd say him for for the best player I played with. You know, I just all around the work ethic and uh, and then Iggy too. Like Jerome was Jerome. Everybody knows about him in Alberta, so you can't leave him off the list. Um, and, and I was with him later in his Calgary days as well. So, you know, if I saw those guys later in their careers and if I was with them earlier, it's, wow, just talented guys. And, um, and, and raw talent, I'll say McGillney. I played with him for one oh. year. Uh, that, that was the wow factor, like in practice and just the natural skill, um, you know, it, obviously it was all offense. It wasn't the, the all around game that, that I appreciate. That's why I love, you know, Matt Sandin, he did it all. Um, but McGillney would have his skill level in practice. His sticks would all be different level. You know, guys cut their sticks. They're all the same length. McGillney would have 
different length sticks and depending on how his back felt that day he just grabbed that stick he'd go out and, and do his thing it was it was crazy I mean he would just like the things he would do on the ice is just special um and then I'll say Johnny Johnny hockey just creates something out of nothing when he's feeling it um but uh you know the skill level of all the kids and, and young guys in the league nowadays are just uh you know very very special and 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 this is the offensive side of the game. Like I think, you know, I, I really appreciate guys like Kopitar and, and guys that play the full game. Um, but the guys that stand out, the fans love to to really watch and right. appreciate and see special things. Uh, those are those are the guys that really stood out to me. Well, that's a depressive list. This was uh, this was great, Matt. Thanks a lot for checking in. Uh, it was nice to meet you for the first time. Hope we can do this again and enjoy the postseason. Let's talk again down the road. Yeah, uh, anytime. Yeah, let me know and. Just another tidbit for, for the fans, players do not get free tickets on the road. <laughs> you ask me about home games, when we're on the road, nothing's free. You got to buy them all. So when you're asking buddies that play, uh, they don't get free tickets. Just so, so, just so everybody knows that hasn't changed. All right. Message delivered. That is Matt Stage. A nice little tidbit there about how players get tickets. That was good. Loved having Matt on the show. You can chime in 780-496-0063. Now after the first in Winnipeg, Leafs leading the Jets 1-0. This is Inside Sports on Chet. We got Rocket writing in tonight. He says, OMG, I've never heard such honesty from a player ever. I agree with everything 100% that Matt Stajan just said. Hope that we get to hear him again on your show, Reed. We will definitely endeavor to have Matt on again, Rocket. That was a good chat. Yakishev on a lawnmower tonight. I don't know how he is texting and driving. Well, I guess he said a lawnmower, not a lawn tractor. He says, thank Jack Michaels for that stat on the Oilers, but let's get to an important topic. Do your canned hams contain real meat or that meat made in a Petri dish? And why does ham come from a pig and hamburger come from a cow? Well, Yakushev, first you have to tell me why fat chance and slim chance mean the same thing. That's really what I want to know. We're going to have Colton Pareko from the St. Louis Blues later on. We'll visit with Morley Scott, a little more from Oilers practice today. All coming up. Thanks for tuning in. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.